Good evening. Thank you, Sue. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, where were they on their way to? It says in the opening verse. Can anybody remember? We had, we had it um, two or three weeks ago. It's a fairly obvious answer. Where do you think they were on their way? Jerusalem is where they were on their way to. In fact, uh, they were very close to Jerusalem as this happened. They were in a village really just a couple of miles away. Um, but they were still a long way from getting to Jerusalem. Uh, but Jesus is determined to go there and his disciples are going with him. And it's going to take them, I guess, another 10 chapters before they finally arrive. But that is where they're going. And they get to this village... Uh, where Mary and Martha live, and they're welcomed into their home. Martha does all the work, pretty much. Mary sits and listens to what Jesus has to say. Martha complains to Jesus that Mary is not helping her, and Jesus says to Martha that Mary has made a good choice. So, what do we learn from this? Going to Bible studies is better than doing housework. There you go. Is that right? Um, going to Bible studies is better than doing housework. Hands up if you think that's true. Got a, there are a few, all right? Hands up if you think it's... There's one or two half-hearted hands there. Hands up if you think it's false. Thank you. And a couple of half-hearted ones. Hands up if you think that's not the right question. And I'm not answering that question because there's got to be something else. All right. Okay, a few people are, are honest here as well. Uh, do have your Bibles open, please. We're on page 1042. Just five verses to think about together today, and I've got five questions to help us do that. But let's just pray for a minute as we start. Let's pray. Father God, thank you that you are a God who is here with us this evening as we meet in your name. And you are a God who has spoken. And you have promised that you will speak to us by your spirit as we open your word. So help us this evening, we pray, as we reflect on these words on these events there in Bethany nearly 2,000 years ago. Help us to hear your voice and be ready to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. So question number one. Are you more of a Martha or more of a Mary? What do you reckon? Anyone who goes definitely Martha? That's more like me. I, I, so, so, what, uh, one hand went boldly up. Thank you for that. And a few other people kind of went, hmm. Mm-hmm. Nodded at me, didn't want to put their hand up. Anybody think, you know, I'm more like Mary? Nobody's daring to claim that. I think we've got, not if you've got the middle name, Mary. That's the classic question, though, which I think is asked when we read this passage quite often. There's two kinds of people. Some are more like Martha, some are more like Mary. Which one are you? And sometimes people, I think, see this reading almost as a comparison between one person who gets it right and the other sister who doesn't quite get it right or maybe even gets it wrong. And maybe we're tempted to say, well, what, what, what we get out of this is we should be more like Mary than Martha. I wonder if you've thought that. Is that right? Maybe. Whew, it's a difficult question. Yeah, tough crowd. Uh, some people, I think, think that that is what Jesus is saying. Um, and yet, if, if you have read this and thought, well, that seems to be what it is, there's also a slight sense of discomfort, isn't there? Because we all know the work needs to be done. You know, someone's got to wash the dishes, even to be here this evening. You know, someone's got to get here in time to put the tea on. Someone's got to print the service sheets, get the words ready for the screens and all the other things. Someone's got to do the work. And, and if I just sit listening to Jesus, then who's going to do it? It always lands on the Marthas, doesn't it, if we do that? 
And so I think most of us have a sense that there is something uncomfortable here if we just read it as a simple kind of one is right and one is wrong kind of story. Jesus says to Martha that only one thing is needed, verse 42, and Mary has chosen what is better. Very easy to kind of then jump to summarizing this as saying that doing spiritual things, inverted commas, is more important or better than doing practical things. But that doesn't sit comfortably, does it? Or at least I don't think it should sit comfortably, and it probably doesn't for most of us. For one thing, as I've already said, without people doing the practical stuff, we'd never get anywhere. Whatever it was we were trying to do, church services or anything else. For another, can I really justify my laziness by saying, oh, well, I was, listen- I was, I was wanting to sit and listen to Jesus. You can't tell me off, you know, for not doing it. Uh, And to be honest, again, many of us as Christians, I think, have the experience of feeling that we are expressing our faith in in the most real way when we're getting stuck into something practical and seeking to to live lives which imitate Jesus in some way. So we need to look more closely at what's going on in this passage. Um, First of all, can we just think back for a moment? If you've been here the last, well, this Sunday and the two previous ones, don't worry if you haven't, but we've been through the whole of Luke 10, in getting shorter and shorter passages. We'll be down to about one verse, won't we, next week at this rate? We won't really. Um, We started off with that longer section about Jesus sending the 72 disciples out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal people. Then last week we had the most famous parable in all the Gospels, the Good Samaritan, and then now we've got Jesus visiting Mary and Martha. Question for you. What do you think is, is, is the link between those three quite different passages? Is there anything that you can think of that links them together. All right, any thoughts? There isn't, isn't, by the way, one right answer here. Okay, we've gone for Jesus here at the front. Okay, I think that's pretty safe. Um, Has anyone gone any further than that? We can't go further than Jesus, but you know what I mean. Brian? Not thinking about ourselves, thank you. Yeah, Julie? Serving others. Hmm. Taking the gospel to others. These are all great, actually. They're all there, aren't they, in the different ones? Different parts to play in every story. There's probably various things we could say, aren't there? Uh, one of them, it kind of links to one of those things you said, Julie. It was a good approach, by the way, to scatter out a few answers, and one of them will be the one that, that he's looking for. That one about serving, though, and, and helping others. There, I think there is definitely a theme of showing hospitality and welcome going on through Luke chapter 10. If you cast your minds back uh, to, the, to the first part, remember when Jesus sends out the 72, the key thing there to look for as they go into a new town in verses 8 to 12 is, are you welcomed? And when there's a welcome in verses 8 and 9, they are to heal people and proclaim the good news and receive the hospitality which is offered. And then in the parable of the Good Samaritan, we saw it with Tom last week, that it's partly about learning to be a neighbor by giving help and hospitality to whoever is in need, but it's also about being reminded uh, not just who can I be a neighbor to, but how, how Jesus has been the neighbor to us, seeing us in our need and offering hospitality to the ones who were in great need. And actually, this is not just a theme of Luke chapter 10. It's a real theme through the whole of Luke. He does seem to focus in quite a lot on how Jesus welcomes people, and particularly people who might not be expected, you know, those who people thought were sinners, too bad, or outcasts uh, in all kinds of different ways. And 
There are people who welcome him and welcome his disciples, and there are people who don't welcome him and don't welcome his disciples. And now in verse 38, look back to our bit. Jesus and the disciples enter a village, a bit like in the first part of the chapter, and what do they find? They find someone who welcomes them in and offers them hospitality and welcome as Martha opens her home to him. I guess Martha was probably the elder sister. And in this, isn't Martha doing exactly what Jesus was commending back in the first part of the chapter? She's being, as Jesus says in verse 6, a person of peace, isn't she? Receiving Jesus and receiving those who come with him. And that's got to be a good thing, hasn't it? Very easy to read this little passage and think Mary is the model. But Martha is modelling something which has been important right through Luke chapter 10 here. Her response to Jesus is in many ways the model of what he's looking for when he comes to a new place. Who will receive him? She opens her home. What a great phrase that is. So Martha opens her home to Jesus. Mary, as we see in a minute, is commended for sitting listening at his feet. It sounds to me like we've got two good things going on here rather than one which is good and one which is not. So, why, is there, why does there seem to be a bit of a problem? Why the little bit of aggro that occurs in this story? Question number two, why is Martha so busy? Have a look at what it says. Why is Martha so busy? What does it say about her here in these verses? Yes, thank you, Kate. She's worrying about lots of things, isn't she? Uh, Luke tells us in verse 40 that she's distracted by all the preparations that have to be made. And when she calls Jesus in verse 41, Jesus notes that she is worried and upset by many things. And what's causing it? Well, Martha explains it back in verse 40, doesn't she? She says, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. And the way it's told seems to suggest that perhaps it's not really about the work itself. This is good work. It's hospitality. It needs to be done. It's more about Mar uh, Martha's uh, kind of focus on herself rather than focus on Jesus. In verse 40, if you look at what she says, me, myself, me. And in just a little way, I, I wonder if there's a bit of an echo here of the teacher of the law, the expert in the law. Do you remember him from last week? Who, who's the one who prompts Jesus to tell the parable of the Good Samaritan? And back in verse 29, we're told he asks his second question because he wanted to justify himself. Um, he isn't ready to see himself as needing to be helped and served by Jesus. He wants to know what he can do to prove himself. In fact, his first question in verse 25 was, what must I do to inherit eternal life? But Jesus said to him, and he says to Martha, and he says to us as well, don't be focused on yourself, on what you need to do and how much help you need with that. Instead, focus on me. Preparing food for all those guests must have been hard work. If we just think about it for a minute, it wasn't just you know, another place at dinner. This is Jesus with at least 12 disciples in tow and probably some others as well. Imagine them all arriving at your house and suddenly having to sort it all out. There was a lot of work to be done here. Sometimes we may be tempted to think with work which we have to do, as part of the church family perhaps, well, why won't more people help me with this? But that can sometimes be a sign that I'm starting to look at myself more than looking at the Lord. And Jesus says, 
Martha, Martha. The way he says her name twice there, it's not a telling off kind of way of speaking, is it? It's more a kind of you know, arm around the shoulder, concern and pastoral care for someone he loves who's getting stressed and who just needs to refocus on what is most important and not worry about all the stuff. So here are our last three questions just to help us understand this passage right. Let's revisit something I've just said first of all. What is it that Martha does right in this passage? What is Martha doing right? I want to say she should be commended because she's showing hospitality and she is welcoming Jesus and those who come in his name. If you like, she's reflecting back the hospitality that Jesus has showed to her and which she needs to keep on receiving from him. Um, Despite her fretting and worrying, she has got something really important right here in this passage. And she's a good model for us in that. But fourthly, what is it that Mary is doing right in this passage? Because I haven't talked about Mary very much so far. So let's just have a look at her for a moment. What does Mary do right here in this passage? Shout it out, somebody. Exactly. Verse 39, she sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he has to say. In response to Martha's protest, Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. And I don't think for a minute that Luke's first readers or hearers would have, would have taken Jesus' words as some kind of criticism of Martha, especially as Jesus' response to Martha is such a gentle one. It's not so much about condemning Martha as commending Mary for the good thing that she, for the good attitude that she demonstrates here as a disciple. It's not Martha, you got it wrong. It's Mary, you've got this right. And we need to take a moment here just to notice what Mary has got right, but also how countercultural it would have been at that particular moment in time. Uh, Sitting at the foot of the teacher, uh, that was how you learned as a disciple in the first century. Um, You sat down to learn and to listen. And in that culture, it was a place for men and not for women on the whole. This was a time and a place where, where women were expected to be in the background doing the stuff, I guess, which Martha was assuming the women would do in preparing the food and serving at the table. Mary puts herself in a place that would usually have been occupied by men. It's as if she has understood that Jesus is welcoming people like her to be there. Maybe this partly explains why Martha gets a bit flustered by it all. This is a strange thing in their culture that was going on. But what does Jesus do? He says, Mary, you are welcome. You have got this exactly right. So let's not miss how significant this is. Um, It is actually a big theme of Luke's gospel. Again, some of you will have noticed this before. Uh, He shows us again and again how Jesus shares hospitality and welcome with people who would not have expected in the first century necessarily to have received it from a teacher like him. Uh, Lepers, uh, those who are considered unclean. Um, Tax collectors, people who are hated by everyone. Uh, And women, lots of women. And in fact, Luke seems to go out of his way to draw our attention to this. He he tells us the names of many of those female disciples 
who we would otherwise not know, both in his gospel and later on in the book of Acts, which he wrote as well. And in all of this, Jesus is breaking down some big boundaries that existed at the time and in different ways can still exist today. People on the whole thought that the men did the theology and the women served the food. And Jesus turns that upside down with his reaction to Mary here, doesn't he? And we need to hear this. Uh, There may be men here who need to hear that reminder. Uh, There may be some women who need to hear the encouragement, uh, who need to be set free from the expectations that others might have by Jesus' response to Mary and to other women too. What did Mary do right? She sat at the feet of Jesus as a disciple to listen to what he had to say. She was focused on him, that's the big thing, more than she was focused on herself. So, what is Jesus looking for as he comes to visit? As he comes to visit us, not just into the house of Mary and Martha, but into our house. He's looking for a welcome that is not distracted or worried about whether we've got everything done, but a welcome that is attentive to this most special of guests who is the the one whose very presence speaks of God, fulfilling all his plans. So finally, question five, which is question one again. What about you? Are you a Martha or are you a Mary? See, I think it's okay to ask that question, but part of the answer should be for us all that we need to be a bit like both of them. Uh, This is not about some of us being practical people and some of us being more thinkers. Well, that's a temperament thing, a kind of character thing, isn't it? And that's true. Some of us might be more like one than the other in that sort of way that we naturally tend to do things, and that's fine. I am very grateful that people in the church have different strengths and different gifts from God. But all of us need to learn from both Mary and Martha. Martha, who practiced hospitality like Jesus and offered hospitality and welcome to Jesus. That lovely phrase in verse 38, isn't it? Martha opened her home to him. Are our homes open to Jesus? Are our hearts open to him? And then Mary, who was so in love with Jesus, whose heart was so overflowing with gratitude for what he had done for her, that she just gave him her undivided attention, that she sat and listened and heard what he had to say. She just wanted to learn from him and not lose that unique opportunity. Well, we need to welcome Jesus like Martha and we need to focus on him and listen to him like Mary.